Welcome to Go Live TV, the future in your hands. The only multicultural IPTV station that brings communities together. Over 2.7 million people have already watched. Go Live TV, anytime, anywhere. Hi, um, it's Michael here, and uh, I want to thank you all for joining me tonight with my brothers here. And on this time, we want to talk about the Lord. I just want to take us a moment, wherever you're watching, to just um, put your hand on your heart and just go to that place where Jesus sits deep within your heart. And as you continue putting your hand on your heart, just turn your eyes upon Jesus. The most lovely, the most gentle, the most kind. As Peter writes, to you who believe, he is precious. He is precious. So Father, I pray you grant us seeds of heavenly simplicity the ease of your yoke and the brightness of your divine burden which is the light in which we see light grant us the love of immaculate conception the humility of power wrapped in human skins and the devotion of a God hanging up on a post grant us the gentleness of your resurrection light the glow of true sonship and the worship found in spirit and truth. Give us you, Jesus. Be our only want. Be our desire. Be our craving. May your face be the sun we awaken to, and may your beauty forever brighten our day and beautify our lives. So even tonight, Lord, we say we, would you nail our hearts at your feet, 
that we would journey in sacred worlds that are found in your wounded body. Precious, precious one, we come to thee, your love of ours, to love upon you. Tonight I wanted to share a little bit about um, living from heaven. There's a scripture that I, I love uh, the most. It's um, in Ephesians 3.10, where it says, um, the Lord, um, Paul writes that um, the intention of God in creating the world was that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God may be made known to rulers and principalities in heavenly places. That through the church, his manifold wisdom may be made known to rulers and principalities in heavenly places. But before we go to that story, um, about a week ago, I was uh, waiting on the Lord. I was sitting with Jesus and just uh, getting all wrapped up into the brilliance of his presence and the beauty of who he is. And I was getting captivated by his luminance and by who he is. I, I asked him a question. I say, dearest love of mine, what do you desire of me? What do you want from me? And as, you know, I stayed and I waited to hear him speak to me, I felt him lead me to John 17. You know, the amazing Lord's Prayer before he was crucified and he nailed. And then I took my Bible and I turned to John 17 and the scripture that jumped up to me was the part where Jesus prays in the agony of his heart. His patched lips dripping with the honey from heaven and he says these golden words to his father he said father I desire I desire then he goes on to say I desire that these whom you have given me may be with me where I am and as I read that part I felt here lies the crescendo the apex and the zenith of the desires of Jesus that the Son of God who became flesh and dwelt among us came to his Father. And then he said, I desire. I desire. And what's interesting is like um, he sums up his desire in something that most people would never expect God to, to say he desires from us. Most people would say, God, my desire, my service, my desire, my works, my desire, my strength. But Jesus just simply sums up what he wants from us in this, that they may be with me. So there is no greater way of pleasing the heart of Jesus than simply being with him. For this is the reason that the word of God became flesh, descended into earth and walked among us to marry humanity with God. When Jesus descended on earth, heaven kissed its substance into earth so that heaven and earth may forever live in holy matrimony, in a constant forever, non-stop, face to face, cheek to cheek, eye to eye. As Moses once prayed, I pray that the Lord would make all men prophets and the prophetic definition of what Moses spoke as being a prophet was what he walked into face-to-face -face interaction with Jesus. And here comes the Son of God who is the image of the fullness of God. Then he says to us, He that is born 
of the spirit can see into the kingdom. And we very all know that the kingdom, more than being principles and, and amazing things and all the angelic hosts, the kingdom is summed up in a person, Jesus. So now here comes his desire. The last official prayer recorded in the Bible before he is killed is like, I desire that they may be with me. Why him? Why being with him? Because his journey is supposed to be our journey. His ascension is supposed to be our ascension. As the scriptures have said in Ephesians, and Paul writes that he that descended is he that ascended far above all the heavens. So as he descended, he descended into this earth to plant the seed of God into the hearts of men so that his ascension will be our ascension so that we can be found living in heavenly places. As Paul sums up this verse, that we are citizens of heaven and our conversation is not on earth but in heaven. It was John who spoke of Jesus and said this amazing word. He said, he that comes from above is above all. He that is of the earth is earthy and seeks that which is of the earth, but he that comes from above is above all. And we know from the scriptures that we are born from above. Why? Because we are born from the chamber of the one whose blood ran down on Calvary's tree in crimson tide. We are born through the blood of Jesus that has elevated us to live in a senate place in the heavenly realm. So there's a story I love, an interesting story. In Revelations 12, there is this great war that happens. Michael and his angels fight against this dragon, and this dragon is uh, cast down into heaven. And the dragon comes down into the earth. He comes in vengeance. Now I want to read the scripture. I really love the scripture. Revelations 12, verse 12. It says, Rejoice, all of heaven, and you that dwell in them. But war to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. For the devil has come down unto you, having great anger, because he knows that he hath but a short time. So the enemy comes down falling from the heavens in vengeance, in great anger, to bring disruption and anger upon the earth. But at the same time, there's another picture that we are told of. The word of God became flesh and descended into earth. But his descension is not wrapped up in anger or vengeance. He descends into the earth singing bells of intimate love. Coming in a chariot decked with kisses saying, I'm here, oh my children. I want to marry you. I want to take you up into me. He descended in love. For God so loved the world that he gave his son the descension of Jesus into the earth and Jesus taking on flesh and walking the earth was the elevation of humanity into the realms of the Godhead so we see the scripture and what I really love is the other part that says but woe to the inhabitants of the earth and then rejoice you heavens and you that dwell in them so there's a rejoicing, a portion that is meant to be given to those who dwell in the heavens. And we know from the scriptures that those who have found their sitting at Jesus' feet 
are found seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Because his ascension is our ascension. Why? Remember his scripture. Father, I pray that these which you have given me may be with me always. Now the question is, where is he? He is seated at the right hand of the majesty on high. Far above any principality, far above any power. He is seated far above all the heavens. And so sings all of heaven. O ye sons of Adam, look at your king, the ascended one, him whose brilliance will snatch ye from the frequency of the earth so you can dwell in the heavens to behold him, our ultimate tree of life, Jesus the Messiah, Jesus the Supreme One. I'm here tonight because I want you to encounter Jacob's ladder. I want you to understand that there is a man who changes the disposition of the sky above you. There is a man who creates ladders that reach to the highest of heavens. And that man right now is right here. He's nearer than near. The word near itself cannot even describe how near he is. He's nearer than near. Closer than even the, your skin. I was waiting on him this morning and I was waiting on him this morning. I, I felt him speak to me and says, remember. I'm like, remember what, my love? And he said, remember the scripture. I am with you even to the ends of the world. And I said, yes, Lord. What is, uh, what is it? I said, in past times, you have used the scripture as a way to comfort you through struggles and what you're going through. But I want you to look at the scripture as my promise to you that constant, palatable, edible experience with me is constantly given to you 24-7. And then he paused and he looked at me and he said, Will you make each day our trysting place? Trysting is a new word I play with him. Trysting is a word in the dictionary that means a place where lovers run away together and hide. And he said, will you make each day my trysting place, the place where you run away with me and hide. So we draw near, we come, simply because our king is desired, not our service, not our works, not our doings, but the simplicity of a silent heart at his feet. Oh, my friends, the beauty of pure silence, the beauty of beholding Him, the beauty of being captivated and losing words as you look at Him, the beauty of beholding the sound of all sounds, the voice of all voice, and the sound that makes existence exist, the beauty of beholding the voice of God framed in a body the beauty of beholding the ultimate son, Jesus. So here we come. And what does he say he wants from us? He says, I need nothing from thee, but simply that you may be. Be with me. So you see,
What God has given us in His Son is the experience of God, the reality of men feeding, edibly experiencing and absorbing the substance of God. You see, Jesus, the ultimate one, as faith is the substance of things hoped for, Jesus is the very substance of the Trinity. What do I mean by that? Say, Jesus is the palatable aspect of the God that he is the reality that makes God personable to us. So as we come to him, as we draw to him, all he wants to do is just dazzle us with his brilliance and with his beauty. So he whispers to our hearts, be still and know. In other words, be silent. Hush. Hush. Be silent. So God relates to the world, not just in speech, but also in silence. And we need to also understand that this whole aspect of stillness and silence is a great aspect of what prayer is. God is a great friend of silence. If you really want to pray, you must first learn to listen. For in the silence of the heart, God speaks. Why silence? Because silence echoes, Lord, I do not know, you know. Lord, I have no answers, you have your answers. Lord, I don't want to put my preconceived ideas of who you are. I just want to know you fresh. Silence is like bringing an empty plate before him and laying it before him and say, Lord, you have filled it with what you want. I'm just going to throw myself at you. So I will keep quiet and I will hush. Not the external noise, but the internal noise. Silence is the bells that sing, I will refuse to act until I see you act. Silence is the bells that say rest is seizing from all my activities and melting into the actions of Jesus. So the fruit of silence is genuine prayer and adoration. And as the soul, our souls, as it comes into this place of ascending into the person of Jesus, to reach a point wherein words fail to describe Christ the Immaculate Treasure, the one whom the wise men came and they cast all they had at his feet because to him he was a treasure more than what they carried. So even so, silence beckons us to come and cast our souls at his feet and wait for the voice that creates. Then understand the brilliance of his voice. John of Patmos is able to travel to and fro from heaven in Revelations. Why? Because a voice that opens doors where no man can open a door spoke to him. So the voice of the Son of God coming to you creates doorways and passageways into heavenly realms. So even now as you feel the nearness of his person, I want you to turn towards him and say, my lover, you come rushing to me and you tend my forest into vineyards. 
you prune me with your touch. And this much I ask, that I may forever be found in your face. So let me be carried away into you, Jesus. So John hears a voice. And as he hears the voice, the voice creates and opens up a door. So the door wasn't there until the voice came, until he heard the voice. And what is the voice? It is the same voice that walked with Adam in the garden. Why was it walking with Adam in the garden? Your voice was walking in Adam because through the doorway that voice was creating to Adam were worlds, revelations, and wisdom to govern the garden. So we govern, we rule, we reign as kings because we go through the only door there is the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. So wherever you are, wherever you are watching, what I want to invite you is not your theory, or just words to sparkle your mind or just a TED talk I want to invite you to the definition of all realities I want to invite you to a world within worlds to a voice that sounds like the sound of rushing waters I want to invite you to a man whose eyes are like flames of fire whose hair is white as wool saw him bright and brilliant ever smiling and never with a frown and he carried a bouquet of flowers roses red draped in crimson tide the color of love and I knew gardens begin where his blood has dripped So as he was walking towards me, the bouquet was chanting, constant, I love yous. I love yous. I love yous. He smiled, looked at me, and said, forget all. Forget the desire to be correct. Forget the desire for anything else. Forget everything. Remember me. So tonight, wherever you're watching, I am inviting you to come away with Jesus. Come away with the sweetness of sweetness, with beauty beyond beauty. Come away with God. There is a lover of loves. There is a sound of joy. There is a man who will turn your wandering forest into vineyards of bliss. And so he is pleased 
simply because you are, not because of what you've done. So she looks at you and say, forget everything, my child. But remember this face. So you can journey and find your home in his face. So gentle Jesus, you are our gentle humility. We draw nigh to your love. For there is no greater joy for the bride but than to be with the bridegroom. We come not for service but for love. For you have proposed to us with your nail-scarred hands and the rings in your hands are rings of marriage. So we say like Thomas, Lord, be our Lord and be our God. Be our only esteemed want. Shave us from the need of performance and for the desires of uncanny movements. And from the love that is divorced from you. And bring us, Lord, into the inward perception of thee. That we may find all we want at your feet. You are beautiful, Jesus. You are beautiful, Jesus. Beautiful. No wonder the sons of men love you. So we will say, as Solomon has written, you're altogether lovely, and because you're altogether lovely, we will love you at every revealed angle of your person. Thank you, precious love of mine.
this is our life.